Have you ever wanted to be the first to know if aliens really exist? Well, with Nebula, you can be! Nebula is the streaming service that's home to its Probably Not Aliens, as well as our YouTube channels. And the best part? All of our content goes up early on Nebula. So when we break first contact with E.T., you'll be the first to find out. That's right, you'll be able to listen to the next episode of this show before anyone else. Plus, we post bonus content that you won't find any other place. And the best part? By signing up for Nebula at nebula.tv slash probablynotaliens, you're directly supporting the show and both of us. So don't wait any longer. Join Nebula today and be the first to know if this time it really is aliens. Yes. It's 2023. Hello. It is. It's a new year. Brand new. Spank a new year. Shiny. Fresh. And new years are usually about resolutions, planning for the future, yep. thinking about what's next, yeah. goal setting. Yeah. And what the Zoomers are into these days. Oh, what are they up to? They're, it's Rascals. called manifesting. Man- oh, yes. I know this. Okay. What are we manifesting? We're manifesting some like good stuff for us, some health and some love for, our, for ourselves and our family and our loved ones. Close. We're going to manifest guests on this podcast. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. No, this is much better. Yeah. yeah. I like that. I don't need love. I like this better. Mm-hmm. So I want you to, you know, sky's the limit, manifest the perfect, it's probably not aliens guest. Okay. Just right now, just out of thin air. I'm just going to feel it yeah, yeah. in my heart. I mean, we all know, here's the thing. Everyone's going to say, get Eric Von Daniken on. I would love to. He's alive, right? Yeah. He's old, but he's alive. Yeah. He's alive. That would be fun for me. But typically the guests we have are people who are like intelligent and like... <laughs> And like no no actual things about the the stuff that they say. So or they're just fun to be around. Sometimes both. Um, so I guess if I had to pick one, I would say this is so my brain immediately went to Hugh Jackman. And I don't and I know why it went to Hugh Jackman, but I don't They'll be mad because I feel like she still has the Australian yeah. um, monopoly here. And I don't know if Hugh Jackman knows much else other than acting and singing and dancing, which is a lot, which is great, but I don't know how much that would help us you could uh you could though probably get a lot of content out of um your knee wallow story about My how your, your yeah. Wolverine costume <laughs> well that's how they do it in, in uh australia it's all it's all backwards down there too yeah knee wallow is just they call it <laughs> it's just what they call it uh all right who are you thinking who's your ideal guest for this show all right hear me out on this one chuck tingle chuck chuck tingle is a person i i definitely know of as i pounded in the butt by an ancient alien what chuck tingle he is known for making comedic and ridiculous erotic novels oh like pounded in the butt by a tide pod oh i see what you're saying here i did look at i did look up this this name and there's such a thing as the tingle verse um which is a great that's a great 
think my brain spit out anything that was useful and is now filling it with any information I can absorb about the tingle verse. It's a lot of pounding the butt titled. It's a lot of pounding in the butt. Aliens do love doing that. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that in a few weeks. Um, is this a real person or is this like a, is this like a collective of people who like make the same sort of joke? I think it's, it's one guy. One. Okay. Apparently he's pretty rad. Well, Hugh Jackman's also pretty rad. All right. What if we did an episode where we got Hugh Jackman and Chuck Tingle and they had what to if, interview each other? <laughs> what, yeah. What if we were replaced as hosts of this podcast with Chuck Tingle and Hugh Jackman? Hello there. I'm Hugh. I know nothing about what's going on today. But I can carry a great tune. Yeah. Um, I don't know what Chuck and, Tingle sounds like. <laughs> and I have no idea what Chuck Tingle sounds like, but in my head, it's... He sounds like this. He sounds, it would go a little something like this. Hello, it's me, Chuck Tingle. I wrote, I write books and I write books where, uh, where a dinosaur did pound, did, did pound me in the butt. (laughs) Am I the main character in my books? I don't know. Am I writing about all the things that I want in my butt? Couldn't tell you. I'm still on the first page of Google and I have, I have yet to, to gather the courage to click any of these links. <laughs> this bit was a mistake. Speaking of mistakes, this is a podcast called It's Probably Not Aliens. And hey, hey folks, uh, we fucked up. <laughs> we fucked up. We fucked we up a fuck lot. Up. We fucked up a lot uh, on this show, on the, on the year plus doing, of doing this show. So this is going to be a fun corrections episode, but, uh, you know, I'm, my name is Scott. I'm one of the hosts and I know nothing, including, I don't even know what this, I don't even know what we got wrong. Oh, my name is no list in front of me. My name is Tristan. And, uh, as you will learn in the next, uh, few minutes, I also know nothing. Apparently this is, yeah. So we've decided that cause I was like, all right, let's do a corrections episode. It'll be really fun. Be really content. And yes, then sure would. Uh, then I actually looked at all the corrections he received and I was like, this is this is going to have to be a segment because we're going to do a bunch. I don't know what that says about me and like my capabilities as a creator. But uh, but uh, there's Look, a lot. Here's the thing. We have never claimed that this show is an academic resource for people. This is purely entertainment and there is good history and fun stuff. But like, you know, we put we put a new episode together. Well, I say we. Tristan puts together a new episode week to week while doing other stuff. We're just here for fun and laughs and goofs. Yeah. I still do my best to try and make every episode accurate, but um, you guys are great. And when I say something that is inaccurate, uh, because I often have to make myself an expert on a subject with a lot of depth and nuance in like a day or two, mm-hmm. then you guys come in. And also, uh, sometimes there's some really cool things that I miss and yes. you guys uh, pipe in to uh, fill in some key gaps. So that's kind of what we're going to do today is we're going to that's exciting yeah we're going to talk about some stuff this is all stuff that you got wrong right like i didn't get anything wrong uh i will tell you one thing i compiled most of this back in december so um it'll be a bit of a surprise okay to both of us yeah and i'm roughly yeah i'm roughly starting at the beginning of the show and moving forward uh and we'll we'll break when we uh when we run out of time basically and we'll pick up afterwards and i'll collect more so let's do it let's uh let's run through let's run through some stuff what do we get what are what do we get wrong well the first one uh we're going to talk about is the easter island episode we did way way back in the day Uh, back and this was not so much a correction as it was another thing to be sad about 
because we mentioned that there was the the tourist damage that was done at Rapa Nui to the to mm-hmm. the heads, but um, since the episode aired, there's actually been uh, something way way worse, which was oh, that no. there was a fire on Easter Island, no. and a bunch of Moai statues uh, got caught in the fire and caused several of the stones to crack. No, yeah. As bad news. What? How did the fire start? That I don't know. My, I could, I could find out. Oh, here we go. The Minister of Agriculture announced on Friday that the cause of the fire will be investigated. Well, thank you. I'm seeing that, it, and I don't want to throw anything out there and make a correction and have to do a correction in our correction episode, but I'm seeing it was a volcano. That could happen. And that sounds cool. Uh, a lot of what's it called? It is in the it is in the Ring of Fire. So mystery solved. So a volcano, a volcano. Yeah, and this happened in October. So I just it, it, it was after the episode aired, but important well, to I th- know. I, as we've discussed on a previous episode of this podcast, volcanoes are places that aliens live. So they were trying to cover their tracks. Mm-hmm. They were like, we're going to use our volcano layer. All the frozen place. ones that uh, yeah. didn't pay their taxes, according to mm-hmm. L. Ron Hubbard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, so next one, we go uh, to uh, TFB uh, or that fucking bird. <laughs> that fucking bird. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> it took me a second. And during that episode, I mentioned that one of the things that ancient aliens did to show that the that that fucking bird was able to fly is that they made a motorized version of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and somebody rightfully pointed out that the uh, the motorized airplane was not done on that fucking bird. They did. Uh, they did that on the Kimbaya artifact. Uh, yes, not- they did it on the fish one. Yeah, they did. But they off- did. They did put the Sakara bird into a wind tunnel though yes and that's probably where I screwed up is that I I thought they, they did a uh, an unreasonable probably Mythbusters inspired like test on yes. the artifact on something like the artifact and that was the one where they they did the test and they're like oh this wouldn't be able to fly and they're like okay but what if we added <laughs> these stabilizing yeah. things to it <laughs> both both instances it's easy to get them confused because both instances are times where they take an artifact that would not fly and then they say what if we put plane parts on it then i bet it would fly like a plane does uh, uh, so the next bit i got here uh this so that, that's all on tfb next Easy we got enough. uh on um how move big rock ah pyramids and uh one of the things that someone pointed out about the pyramids and the sphinx is that actually they are also in danger right now because um water um but it's the desert <laughs> yeah well here's the thing Basically, uh, new watering systems have caused the groundwater to rise and they've had to install pumps to keep the water levels down so it doesn't do damage to the sandstone buildings. Mm. So good on that. Great. So more stuff to worry about. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people found new things for us to be sad about. That's for sure. (laughs) That's great. This is it's so far partly corrections, but it's also partly like here's some here's some sadder. Here's some worse news. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. Um, The other thing, too, is uh, on moving big rocks, actually, um, Kevin, Kevin from Pixelit. Uh, sent us a link showing that there's actually a wonderful little uh, archaeological study through a TikToker, a TikToker by the name of Annalise the Archaeologist, 
uh-huh, show uh-huh. that there was this new uh, sort of experimental archaeology program that showed that you can move big rock by putting it on a sled and then tying ropes to it and then pulling it. Huh. That's just you a thing that wouldn't think you can that do. would work, but all right. I believe them. And it, can, it actually works pretty fast. So they could build it without needing alien technology? Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Yep. Who would have thunk it? Thanks, Kevin. Yeah. Uh, next, we move into um, skull modification. Yay! So that was one of my favorite episodes because it talks that about- That was a great one. Talks about an aspect of the human experience where like, I have a feeling that because of like sort of Western attitudes towards body modification, we tend not to give a lot of- attention to like the sort of really cool variety of ways that we do like piercings or tattoos or scarification or things like skull modification. And so I thought that was a really cool addition. But um, one of the things that I said in the episode, a very normal uh, thing, was I said something about uh, corsets, specifically that corsets were these tight uh, things that basically uh, wrecked people's organs. And I I mentioned corsets as a a form of uh, body modification to make the waist tighter. And um, everybody who, let's just say some very nice people who knew a lot more than I did about Victorian clothing styles, uh, mm-hmm. came into, uh, my menchies to, uh, let me know that that's basically a myth. Um, and that gotcha. really tight corsets were actually pretty rare and that really all corsets really ended up being was, um, basically pre bras, which is like bras before. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't crush organs except for some very extreme outliers. They always do that though in like movies. Like Pirates of the Caribbean had like an opening scene mm-hmm. of Elizabeth Swan being like squeezed into a corset to the point of her passing out. Yeah. It's not our fault. It's movies. Mm hmm. But thank you for telling us. But for the most part, yeah, they provided back and chest support. Uh, They didn't really restrict women's movement. And they point out that there were like women in Victorian times who were like climbing mountains in corsets or playing tennis in corsets. That's cool. Um, But that there was a fad in the late 1800s for tight lacing, but that it was a sort of silly trend that the upper classes did. Um, But most people did not do that. Gotcha. But little, little fun little fad. Yeah. Cool little story as to how this, uh, this sort of myth came about is that in the 1920s, um, male designers of basically brassiers, you know, the first bras Uh wanted to uh, tell, you know, wanted to sell their invention against the more uh, female owned seamstresses who owned, who made corsets sets and paid doctors to say that corsets were unhealthy and that bras were way better for you. <laughs> and that there's a video by Bernadette Banner that's apparently really good about it. History. Isn't it fascinating? Uh, the other one too is that the Huns, I, I said that the Huns founded Hungary and that was not true, um, that the Hungarians were actually founded by a group called the Magyars. Okay. And that the Huns are actually hypothesized to be probably closer related to Turks than Hungarians. <laughs> Gotcha. See, I mean, I know I always come into the show always saying that I know nothing. And this is one of those air almost nearly all of these corrections are like I would have no earthly idea. <laughs> you know, I there's not a chance I could I could pull Tristan aside and be like, I don't know, bud. You sure about this one? Uh, another thing I'm learning is that a lot of it is just the thing that I said as an aside as a fun fact is almost always the thing that's wrong. You know, that's that's the other thing, too. I don't know if people uh, how much people realize this about this show. It's like we have an outline, but then a lot of the time we'll say something that will start a tangent that will, you know, specifically get like your history brain 
going and that's not on the outline. So there will be more like there'll be more like misspeaking than like in, you know, than than potential factual inaccuracies in a way. I mean, uh, both can be true, but yeah. Yeah. Um, moving to the next one, uh, we're talking about the Dogon people episode. And yes. I made a statement that a brown dwarf, which was one of the stars in the Sirius system that was not visible uh-huh. until recent times. Not the silly system. I called that basically what is actually called a hot Jupiter. So um, hot Jupiters are like planets that are like in the size of Jupiter that are close enough to the sun that they orbit that they're really hot. Okay. But they um, they don't do any fusion. No while a brown, fusion. Yeah. While brown dwarfs okay. are actual small stars that do do nuclear fusion. And the smallest ones are probably about 13 times the size of Jupiter. So basically to get this all rounded up. Uh, yeah, lay it I, out I, for I, me. I mistook a brown dwarf and a hot Jupiter. A hot Jupiter is a planet that is about the size of our gas giant planets that um, orbits the star that it's around at a very short distance, which means that it's very hot. But it doesn't yeah. do fusion, which is the process where through gravity it is fusing atoms into atoms into other atoms, basically, and producing like sort of that nuclear fuel that makes suns work. Um, you know, you know, uh, Doc Ock style. Yeah. And a dwarf star or a brown dwarf, sorry, is a sort of small, weak star that is about 13 times larger than the size of Jupiter, but is still doing nuclear fusion. And so it's a star, not a planet. Stars and planets. Will we ever know the difference between them? Scientists remain divided. A brown dwarf is basically the weak, like basically it is the um, the lowest, weakest thing that you could define as a star at this point. I'm sure that's oh, wrong. Well, you too, don't have to that's... put it down. You don't have to like make fun of it. It's already having a hard time. You yeah. don't have to like put it down, Tristan. That's fair. The smallest, weakest, barely a star, if you ask me, brown, brown dwarf stars. Yeah, oh, man. Um, in the next one we talked about with mana, uh-huh. good old uh, heaven biscuits. Love it. Um, and this happens apparently a lot that people talk about the mana, but forget about the quails where apparently in the story, that's um, true. People would give the God gave the, the sort of Israelites, um, mana in the morning and then quails in the evening. So just birds yes. sort of dropping from the sky. I, okay. I forgot about this until you literally said the word quails. Um, yes. Cause I remember learning about this, uh, in Sunday school and I always pictured just like fully cooked birds falling out of the sky, like just beautiful oven roasted quails, like steaming hot falling out of the sky. Nice. Like, like a hot chicken that you pick up from the grocery store or something. And like, a, yeah, a nice rotisserie quail. Yeah. And you know who else missed that? The people from the mana machine. Cause I don't think that the machine that was making That's like true. their concept was that it was making like a uh, nuclear power. Um, like algae biscuits, mm-hmm. and um, let's well, just they say, were just like <laughs> saying, that it's, saying that that's bread is one thing. Saying that that's bird is a completely different thing. I guess their idea of it is we like we're trying to explain what mana is because we don't have a current mana, but we know what quail is. We know what we know what that is. So I don't have to use alien science to explain birds, unless there's like some sort of secret desert quail. I think um. a desert. quail quail a hot gourmet desert quail yeah it's delicious i'm getting hungrier as we record this episode yeah um moving forward to our episode on giants uh i did say a few a few a few oopses 
Okay. Um, the first one is that uh, I did say that we were closer related to bonobos than chimpanzees. Uh, somebody pointed out that we are basically equally related to chimps and bonobos. Okay. Uh, basically, we have a common ancestor in common with their common ancestor. Oh, okay. So we forked off at around the same time. Yeah. Yeah. All uh, right. Okay. And that I, uh, during the episode, I also conflated Homo erectus and Homo neanderthalis or Neanderthals several times. Mm. Um, they're separate hominid species. It's thought that Homo sapiens and Neanderthals both descended from Homo erectus. So I gotcha. got that mixed up. And then I bet ben- did did Homo erectus come from bonobos? Because bonobos are horny all the time, mm-hmm. and Homo erectus does sound like a penis joke. I think that there was. A, I think the break off was certainly before then. But uh, okay, let's just say. What's but you were we, following me. We with were definitely my horny apes. There. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. 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 Um, and the other thing too is that somebody wanted some more information about Judaism being polytheistic. Uh, in its really, really, really early times. And I tried to find, like, there are some sources on it. it I couldn't find anything that wasn't, like, really, really dry and academic. Um, but the best one that I could throw at you was that there was one, ca- there's one case that is from your more contemporary Bible, which is, um, if you remember in the story of Moses, there's a I scene do. where Moses goes to the Pharaoh and says, hey, people, let them go. Let My God, go. I like those folks. Yeah, there's one part where, uh, he goes, my God is very powerful. And if you notice in the Old Testament, a lot of the times God doesn't say that he's the only God. He just says he's the most powerful one. And mm. in the scene, in one of the scenes in the in the story, Moses, you know, talks about how he's the most powerful and he turns his staff into a snake. Uh, but the Egyptian priests turn their staffs into snakes and they fight or sorry. And uh, Moses is snake wins Mm -hmm. uh which is implying not that you know that the god of the jews is the only god but that it is the most powerful one because then you know the egyptians did need to have gods that existed in order to have their magic trick happen too yeah because like i think when god yeah i think moses asks god at the burning bush or something like which which god or what god or and he says and he, that's when he gets like the name like i am but i'll look it up we i'll look it up right now we can't have i can't have a correction in a correction episode we can't have someone hit us back with that uh next so we're moving on to the next episode where we're going to talk about the ark of the covenant mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so there's two things one is like an expansion on a story that we told and the other one is uh just uh i mixed up some terms so the cherubim are not the monster angels with burning wheels within wheels rimmed with eyes those are actually called the ofa- the ofanim the ofanim oh, and okay. cherubim are actually uh kind of like a mix of like they have the head of a lion or an ox and then a human mm-hmm. or a bird basically cool uh and then yeah so that that's that that's basically that thing and that we also told the story about the Ark of the Covenant episode of um, Mythbusters. Yes. And how that caused, that was like really, really seriously. And somebody pointed out that it was much worse than we thought. Like Adam Savage wasn't just pissed. He was like, he was very, very pissed to the point where the producer of that episode got fired and not just like fired, fired, like blacklisted from Hollywood. <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah. Cause uh, the thing is, if you know anything about doing uh, anything in show business, anything that involves dealing with electrical equipment is you don't fuck with that shit. <laughs> uh, 
um, that was a serious safety hazard. I mean, last yeah. year we learned that uh, on the production, you know, on the production studio of a TV show or a movie or anything like that, that if you don't have, if you don't take the uh, the safety of everything very seriously, it can be deadly. Like we had that whole incident with uh, with Alec Baldwin dealing with the fact that they had a um, they had uh, basically didn't have a really good firearms expert on sta- like, on set and it led to a filmmaker dying. Yeah, and I think that this is another case where like you know being lapsed with safety, especially on a show that involves a lot of working in workshops. Uh huh. This is dangerous. So. It's dangerous stuff. I remember he, I, if I remember correctly, he even asked because he thought they were going to prank him like that. He was like, you didn't hook up, you know, this is just the the Baghdad batteries, right? You didn't hook up like a car battery or anything to it. And they were like, no, 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 no. Of course, we would never do that. Uh, and they did. And it looked violent. <laughs> it did not look fun. Yes. And the thing is that like even a little bit of electricity like that, like if, uh, if Adam Savage had had like an undiagnosed heart condition or mm-hmm. anything like that, that could have killed him absolutely so yeah no good um next on uh we're gonna get to al the space potato and we get to the first <gasps> major controversy of this show which is that oh no during the podcast i erroneously said that john carpenter made the thing and many corrected me pointing out that it was indeed <laughs> david cronenberg who made it so um thank you for pointing out that mistake and i uh, i hope to you know, fix that in the future the, out of all of the corrections like there's like history stuff there's like you know there there's religious stuff there all of these things that like people are rightfully sort of correcting us on i don't i personally do not know of any bigger blunder that that we have had on this show that has caused a bigger outcry from people than saying uh cronenberg's the thing yeah i uh uh and it wasn't just on you it was on me for not correcting you because i knew it but i but you said it so confidently i was like i think tristan knows it better than me maybe it's also uh it's also you know a meme now so it is a meme now (laughs) Yeah. Uh, another thing I did in that episode is I made an ish. I made a. Uh, I conflated two science terms. I conflated ions and isotopes. So an ion is an atom that has more or less electrons than usual and is charged. And an isotope is where it has a different number of neutrons becoming um, more or less stable and useful for radiocarbon dating. So. An mm. ion is something is a is an atom that has more or less electrons than it's supposed to, which gives it a electric charge. And an isotope is a atom that has a nucleus where the new there are more a different number of neutrons than it's supposed to, which changes its stability. That's mm. the that's the difference. I apologize for that because that is that is a key distinction. Yes. They are different words. I can, I, I hope you can forgive me for making such an error as someone who's not a physicist, but also that is, it is important for understanding certain things. Uh, moving on to the Band of Holes episode, uh, I talked, this is more of an addition. I talked about how, I talked about guano and about how bird guano was this huge deal for many, many years because as we started doing industrial farming, we needed uh, fertilizer, but fertilizer, uh, like we had not made the Haber Bosch process, which turns mm-hmm. basically air into nitrogen that we can put into, uh, you know, put into fuel or put into uh, fertilizer. And so we had to get it from a rich nitrogen source, which was basically bird poop that had like hardened on these like islands in the ocean and like wars were fought over this. Yeah. And someone wanted to point out why there actually is so much nitrogen in bird poop. And it's because uh, birds are basically birds don't have 
Let me get a little blue here, but um, do it. The waste products that come out of a bird uh, don't distinguish between liquid and solid. Uh, they yeah, don't. It's ha- all one hole down there, baby. Yeah, it, they, it literally is. It's uh, it's called a cloaca or a cloaca. Cloaca. Yeah. And uh, basically, what they excrete is just everything, which me and including uh, their 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 we that has uh, uric acid, basically the stuff that makes pee smell like ammonia. And um, ammonia is nitrogen. It's very rich in nitrogen. Uh, so, and it doesn't, um, because it is, um, apparently because it's uremic acid, it doesn't dissolve in water as readily as urea, which is in mammal pee. So it amalgamates into these deposits of like rich nitrogen sources. Gotcha. I didn't know if you were hoping to get some facts about bird pee today, but there you go. I'm Tristan, I'm always in the mood for some bird pee facts. Nice. In fact, I am not a, very much on Twitter these days, so go ahead and fill my mentions with just more fun facts about bird pee, please. <laughs> Maybe it'll bring you back. Maybe um, it'll bring me back. Yeah. Moving forward to um, in the cattle mutilation episode, we made a one-off joke about vampire ants. And then somebody pointed out that vampire ants are real. Oh. Uh, it's a Wait. North American thing called the Western vampire ant. And they're known for um, basically feeding on centipedes. Oh, dang. And the main thing that they do is that they, they, um, they drink the hemolymph of the larva of centipedes, which is basically the blood of centipedes. Oh, yeah. Vampire ants or Dracula ants is what I'm seeing on Google.com. Um, there's a great, there's a fantastic photo of just someone's hand covered all in these ants, and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I just don't like it. I'm not a fan. Oh, I'll um, say it. <laughs> I kind of moving to the next episode. uh, We got the great flood. Noah's flood episode. All right. And uh, someone pointed out that uh, I think I mentioned that in the Epic of Gilgamesh, that Gilgamesh and Enkidu search for immortality. But uh, I like the one that someone wrote this. I really hate to be that guy, but you said both Gilgamesh and Enkidu search for immortality. But spoiler alert, how can I say this nicely? Um, Enkidu doesn't. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. I forgot that Enkidu does die as part of the process. I know because um, Gilgamesh and uh, Enkidu's story is used in an episode of Star Trek that's really good. The famous Darmok and Jalad at Tanakra episode. Yeah, that famous one. Which uh, Star Trek show is that one? That was The Next Generation. So I have no excuse for not knowing what you're talking about. You know, know this one? The episode's I called Darmok and it's probably one of the top, I'd probably put it in my top 10 Star Trek episodes. It's where they run across this alien race and they're like, oh yeah, this race is really, um, like even though we have the universal trans translators we can't like every time we speak to them we can't understand what they're saying and they talk to them yeah. and they're com- talking complete nonsense but then picard gets stuck on the planet with uh one of these aliens for a while and yeah. he learns that basically that these aliens communicate via like references to stories okay and so he uh teaches like they they learn to communicate by him teaching the story of gilgamesh no yes i this episode and i'm sure it's not the only one but does have its own wiki Wikipedia page and it's really long. I'm pretty sure every episode of Star Trek has a Wikipedia page, but it's probably a pretty big one. This does sound familiar, the episode you're talking about. I do remember, I do recall a Sir Patrick Stewart saying saying the the words Gil, Epic of Gilgamesh. So that's gotta mean something for me. Yeah, perfect. Uh next next uh, next thing on the Great Flood episode is I did do a, a little bit of a uh uh rudeness um specifically for uh for Judaism 
mechanism in that uh, here, basically, I did not know this until uh, somebody pointed this out, that in, in Judaism, God has a name and you're not supposed to say it. Um, and I should have known this because most uh, observant Jews will not even write the word God. They'll sort of dash out one of the letters, but you especially shouldn't say his proper name. And I did. Oh, the one that I almost said earlier. Yeah. Whoops. (laughs) Um, So sorry about that. Uh, Mm I did not know that little aspect. That is all. I also had no idea. So thank you for letting us know. Yeah. And um, and that is the Great Flood. Now, Scott, before we move on, we're at yeah. about the 35-minute, 38-minute mark. Yeah. Uh, have you heard of the good word uh, of Nebula.tv? Oh, we oh. Should probably, I should probably find the actual link so that we can say the link. Yeah. Hey, folks. Um, I don't know of a way to naturally lean into this. <laughs> into this um we are you know we're doing a lot of it's a new year for the podcast it's a new year for us it's a new year for most people i mean some people's new years reset at different dates but you understand what i'm trying to say here Mm -hmm. this podcast is on uh, a streaming platform called nebula that you can go check out and we're gonna be working really hard to be one episode ahead over on nebula so if you want to listen to the next episode right now you can go do that yeah if you're getting this in public if you're getting this and you're not on nebula you can already listen to you can listen to next week's episode right now if you sign up at nebula.tv slash probably not aliens that's yes nebula.tv slash probably not aliens if you sign up through that you help us you help uh all of the creators uh, on nebula because we're all sort of involved we all own the platform and it's probably the best way to support this show other than word of mouth yeah we have we've had like one ad on this show before but really we just like to we just like to make this show and we this is like a really simple way for you to support us if you're already a nebula subscriber you get the next episode uh, a week early or if you want to sign up to nebula uh nebula is also just a platform for all sorts of really cool educational youtuber uh, educational content creator podcast videos all that stuff including us we have video stuff up there yep uh so yeah we'll get back to the content but that's nebula.tv slash probably not aliens and uh let's uh let's let's do some more let's do some more corrections we're gonna talk about the maya collapse episode yeah what happened in this one interesting so the, the, this one there's two things uh, an, an addition to something that i said and a correction mm. to you scott no yeah i was doing so good yeah so i talked about how sharp obsidian is in this episode uh because it's super duper sharp and somebody had pointed out that not only can obsidian be sharper than a steel scalpel but that there are actual surgeons who still use obsidian scalpels um that uh, it can be so sharp that it uh the blade is 30 angstroms wide at its point which is a unit of measurement equal to 100 millionth of a centimeter um which means that uh, what's that in inches please (laughs) very 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 small (laughs) um to give you an idea uh, a household razor that you would use for shaving or cutting your hair or anything like that is about Mm -hmm. three to six hundred angstroms there is a really cool image on a image search engine doesn't matter you can probably find out on any of them uh comparing under a microscope a obsidian scalpel versus like a modern steel scalpel Mm -hmm. and the difference is the difference will shock you yeah uh it's really cool how how clean and sharp this thing is yeah the only thing that can really rival 
uh, obsidian for sharpness is diamond. And the reason why some surgeons use it is it's very, when you want to do an incision and you don't want to leave a scar, having a very, very sharp blade is important. And so- So I should stop using my bread knife. Yeah. yeah. It's usually used for, for surgery on people's eyes. Oh my God. Yeah. I guess people do need that. I don't like picturing it, but yeah, it mm-hmm. makes sense. And apparently every flint napper, which is people who make things out of uh, obsidian, but other, other stones as well by like just kind of hitting the rock and breaking it the right way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's really, it's a really cool practice, but basically every flint napper apparently has a story of cutting themselves with obsidian so badly. And because it's so sharp, they don't even feel it. And they don't notice until the blood just starts pouring out. And uh, apparently, though, those cuts, because it's so sharp, they actually do end up not feeling so much. And then they heal almost scar-free. Whoa, this is cool. I mean, it sounds dangerous to handle. uh, And I wouldn't want anyone to trust me with one. But I'm liking this. This is cool. I just keep finding microscope pictures comparing it to uh, (laughs) steel. Oh, man. Um, shock. And in the same episode, Scott, you mentioned Thebes being called the Big Olive. Oh, I do remember. It's a different Thebes. It's a different Thebes. There's two of them. There was one in Greece, which Mm -hmm. is the Big Olive. And then there was also one in Egypt that was not related to olives of any size. No olives in that one. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, we were talking about... yeah, it didn't feel geographically correct, but I wasn't going to... Qu- I was like, what are the odds of two places being named Thebes? Uh, I say, talking to a, a, my podcast co-host who's living in London, but not that one. You live in Roanoke, but not that but one. But not that one. <laughs> so that was that. Um, next, we got to the Eric Von Daniken two-parter. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that we want to go with is um, I was very bad at pronouncing German. Uh, so uh, we had Philip uh, Malaric uh, came and uh, pronounced a word for us. I don't know anything about German. Um, the other thing, too, I wanted to mention I did in that is that I did mistakenly say that Kurt Russell started in Stargate when it was clearly Kevin Bacon. It was Kevin Bacon. Yeah. We, this Mine's is bad this on was that this, one. This was the start of a theme of us realizing we are not good at movie trivia. Yeah, this is true. Um, and also when I was talking about the effect of X-Files on the world, somebody wanted to mention the Scully effect, which apparently the X-Files resulted in an uptick of women going into STEM, going into science and engineering and math and stuff, which oh, I think is really cool. Because, you know, on the, the X-Files, yeah. Scully is this very competent medical doctor slash FBI investigator, and she's pretty badass in the show. And apparently that inspired a lot of women to go into more scientific disciplines, which is pretty nice. That's awesome. Yeah. And the creator of x-files went on to make breaking bad so win-wins all around and then breaking bad had bob odenkirk and then we all love him Mm -hmm. uh next uh we get into the episode on crop circles all right and the most important fact of that episode was indeed that in australia they called dust devils willy willies that's the most important thing and we didn't get that wrong that is true that is true that's a true one all right that's Thank I, Hugh Jackman says Willy Willy all the time. Yeah, but important to note is that in other parts of Australia, Dust Devils go by the name of Whirly Gigs. Whirly Gigs. I love Australia. Hello, yeah, yeah, Australia. <laughs> it's a treasure. Great names every time. No notes ever. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then we got to the of Grab Bag Two, where I was talking about the Serapium of Sakara. Yes. And oh boy, this one. This is one that um, I'm kind of embarrassed about, but I hope that people will forgive me for this uh, great, huge mistake. 
So Uh-oh, what happened? I mentioned that are we canceled? <laughs> yep. So in the story, we mentioned that the Serapium of Saqqara one time had the King of England, Edward VII, have lunch there, in in the in the you know historical artifact place. And I mentioned that Edward VII was the weird king that had to abdicate because he uh, got divorced and married Wallace Simpson and was kind of a Nazi sympathizer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Someone pointed out that that was not indeed that was indeed not Edward VII. Edward VII died in 1910. It was indeed his grandson, Edward VIII. They got to stop naming him Edward. That's the problem. It got confusing for everybody. Mm Mm-hmm. There are other names. That, do they know that there are other names out there? They're like, it's Edward, and that's the name. And then we don't have another name. I don't know. We're on Charles the Third, so they only have a handful of names. What's after this one? It'd be Will. It's Will the next one. Is uh, is he is he the first? Will the first? I think so. There's Harry and All Will. Right. I can't remember which one comes first. And then after Will. that is George. And then it's going to be, when it's Will, we're going to spell Will with, the, the I is going to be the number one, so that Ooh. we know that it's one. And then when the second one comes out, it, the two L's are going to be two. The problem is that there's already been a King William. Um, I wonder if they're going to count it, but um, I think there's been several, but the first William is like what would technically, I think, be the first King of England, which was William the Conqueror. I just just keep thinking of how perfect the name Will is to convert any number into like a any if you're like the fourth or fifth one you can still make that w and the i and whatever you can do you can make it into roman numerals it can fit any number of these wills i guess the last king william was king william the fourth who reigned until 1837 okay who was the son the third son of george the third most famous for being the king that you guys uh didn't like too much you did a whole american revolution about we did we did yeah so, um, but that's grab bag two, and I'm realizing that we are just about at time for uh, one episode. So I guess we're just going to have to come how back in more, a few yeah. months. And, uh, <laughs> how many more run. corrections do we have? How how far did we get through this list? We got, I would say, about third third through. We got a third of the way. Are is this a bad podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just a podcast that says a lot of facts and has had yeah. uh, 65 episodes now. So, And it's a podcast that uh, I'll stress again is purely for entertainment yeah, and but, for fun. But to kind of you know send off, I want to mention that like everybody messes up. Uh, I've got mistakes in videos that I've made and yeah. you've, I've got mistakes in everybody makes like, mistakes. research I've done for university. Uh, and, everybody has those days. Yeah. Uh, and just know that, you know, um, the main thing thing is that it isn't a problem to make mistakes but it is to do things like this to be honest about it and to um you know correct yourself when you need to be corrected and also that the main thing i'm learning through all of this is to research things especially if you think you know it um because it seems like most of the mistakes i made were things that i thought i already knew and didn't need to look up i think the main thing that i learned is that I might have been a little bit ahead of the curb when I told people to rate us four stars back in the day. <laughs> Don't feel too bad. <laughs> no, this is a fun show. And uh, we're, we're doing New Year, fresh, wiping the slate clean. Mm-hmm. And uh, we appreciate everyone who listened. And we're going to have so much more show. And we're going to get so much more wrong that you get to look forward to every week. I've got movie facts wrong that you don't even know of yet. Oh, I've got them in the back 
pocket ready for a, a, a bad movie fact. Here we go. Yep. I remember that movie Space Jam starring Sylvester Stallone. What a classic. <laughs> I would watch that. That would be a good one. Actually, that would be fun. Uh, but yeah, we, uh, we appreciate everyone who reached out and, uh, you know, of the best, one of the best parts other than talking with you all, all the weeks, Tristan is, uh, just the community around the show and the people who are telling us all this good stuff that we got wrong or that we missed, even if it was bad news about fires from volcanoes, destroying things that we can't do anything about. Why are you talking to us about it? Oh, oh, one thing I want to add too. um, my wife, Kelly got me for Christmas a really cool gift which is uh she got me a 1970s turkish um bill like a like a piece of their like old money from when they had mm. the money with the Piri reese map on it <gasps> that's re- that's right i saw a picture of it i saw a picture of it on mastodon the way of the future yeah but, uh, but that's so so we'll come back but uh the main thing though is that you could uh listen to this show or talk to us and tell us about all of your bird pee facts by going to at probs not aliens on twitter people have been asking if probs not aliens will have a mastodon account i don't know (laughs) we've not discussed it even a little bit i've just been not even being on social media for the most part but it's been really good his hair's grown back he's uh he's 10 years younger he's 20 again somehow i'm 20 again can you believe that if you're 20 years old i find out that you that means you were born in 2002 and you're the same age that's right as what's her name the the redheaded girl from stranger things yeah didn't we discover that 2002 is the greatest year for cinema yeah you were born the same year spider-man came out and big fat liar was there it was a good time okay we can't we, we cannot go back there you went down a hole that it took us a while to get you back out <laughs> it did tristan save us where can people find you on the internet outside of this of this show um i have a youtube channel called step back uh which you can find at stepbackhistory.com if you go there you'll find my video that i made back in december unless actually this episode might come up the day after depending upon how things go uh i have an episode that will be coming out around the same time this episode comes out and it is on the history of trans people and how there there were trans people while there were still mammoths so uh there's a long long history very very cool stuff uh but scott where where can we find your cool work well, you know you can find it on YouTube at the YouTube channel NerdSync, N-E-R-D-S-Y-N-C. But we mentioned Nebula earlier. Tristan and I are both on Nebula. We make video content as well as this podcast over there. I, If, if all shakes out, I will be releasing a ton of Nebula videos. And some of them are Nebula exclusive videos uh, in in this month. Yep. So go go check it out. I worked hard on it. If you want to work on the show, if you want to help out the show, nebula.tv slash probably not aliens. And if you sign up for that, you help out both of us and you can find all of our stuff there. Uh, That's right. You can also leave reviews if you don't, if you want to help out the show reviews on whatever podcast app you're using to listen to this show, your five star reviews That's are right. very much welcome. And they do uh, a lot to help us uh, rise in. That was oh another correction. Somebody pointed out that actually there is YouTube recommendation algorithms now. So um, it's true. And I mean, there are some people who write 
the be- who writes great reviews. You know, we appreciate everyone who write- takes the time to write any review, but like you don't even have to write. Here's one. Here's one right now. I'm staring at in front of my face. The review title is "I like it," five- and then it gave us five stars. And the review description, the actual review is "I like this," and that's it. And that's all we really need. And that really makes me feel good. And that review comes from the person with the username best dating app, honestly. So I don't know if they were thinking that this podcast was a dating app and they were, they liked it. Um, probably it's probably not aliens, the dating app where, um, 50% of your matches are aliens. And part of the fun is figuring out which ones are and aren't. It's a game. Also, if you want to help out this podcast, uh, telling your friends, showing this to people uh, is really a great way to do it. This podcast is great for all sorts of people. Dads. Dads are a big fan dads of this podcast. Dads love it. Yeah. Dad approved. You can send them to our website, propsnotaliens.com, where you can find out every single way that you can sign up and uh, listen to the show. All the links that we've mentioned will be in the description of all these episodes. And just, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, when we do a proper episode with no wrong information. My name is Scott Nicewater. I'm Tristan Johnson. And the truth is out there, usually... Sometimes. (laughs) Most of the time. When other people tell us what it is. Yeah.